We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you know that you could invest in crypto through your retirement account? That's right. iTrust Capital allows you to invest in over two dozen of the most popular cryptocurrencies. And unlike the stock market, you can buy and sell 24 hours a day. With iTrust Capital, you also get the tax benefits of a retirement account while investing in crypto. Visit iTrustCapital.com to start investing today. That's iTrustCapital.com. Taxes and conditions may apply. Fees apply. Cryptocurrencies are a speculative investment with risk of loss. iTrust Capital Incorporated does not provide legal, investment, or tax advice. Consult with a qualified legal investment or tax professional. Collins driving, almost lost the handle. Chalmers for the tie. Got it in ten seconds. Unbelievable. He throws. Got He used to tell me, those places are great, but there's no place like Kansas. Alright folks, what's good? We are back. Another episode of Ain't No Seats and just me and AB today, uh, B-Turn, I don't know. He's golfing. We just like couldn't find time for all three of us to get together, and we were like, "We got to get something out. We got to talk KU football." As awful as it sounds, I'm depressed. I don't know. I don't know what to look forward to moving forward. <sighs> AB, how are you doing? Uh, I've recovered since said game, uh, but I will say it was one of the most shocking first halves I've ever watched of KU football just with who we were playing and how bad it actually was. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. We're used to it, I guess. It's, it's one of those things where it's like the – it's incredibly shocking while also at the same time being not sh- surprising or shocking at all. Like why do we not just go into every home opener or every opener or every game thinking this is probably going to be a disaster, but – Maybe if it's not, we'll have a really fun time, but we should just be expecting that. Like, granted, 28-0 to Coastal Carolina in the first half, I wouldn't have ever guessed that. That is banana land. And I just like, as a KU football fan, like I said, we are used to this type of stuff, but even that, like you said, 
it was shocking. Yeah, I mean, it was it, – it, you can't turn the ball over three times in your first, like, five possessions. You just can't do it against a bad team. And But, I mean, once, like, a few days passed and some of those, like, stats came out about – how Coastal had all those spring practices and all that, and KU just had zero. Like, some of that makes sense when you actually think about, like, okay, well, Deerman's still installing an offense. We have a brand-new quarterback that, you know, we'll get to it, but hadn't played a whole lot at KU. Um, so once we start, you know, actually processing all that information, I guess it does make a little bit more sense. But good night. You can't lose to Coastal Carolina. Just blown out. They never had a chance. Never. And so I guess what – across the rest of college football was the practice thing like actually an indicator of who was doing well and who wasn't or are we like just kind of trying to find any excuse like that's definitely fair but Mm -hmm. is it a trend we're seeing in the rest of the country because I just don't know I've been like kind of tuned out of college football since that day because I was so depressed by it so I don't know is that something we're seeing like is that a real excuse we can use I haven't really looked too much into it since then, but I remember when – I think it was Alan that sent us a tweet, and it was like – I think it was just Sun Belt compared to Big 12 because K-State yeah. lost, Iowa State lost, and we all – like all three of us lost the Sun Belt teams on the same day, and all of them were able to practice in the spring when the Big 12 was just not. So, yeah. like, I, I guess that trend is kind of there. And I know there's been a little bit of a trend of, like, teams that have already played a game going against the team that hasn't played a game yet. Like, they've been doing fairly well, like, gambling-wise, I think. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't think Coastal play, but they definitely practice. So I think, I think it's literally just – and then I think it was Navy, too. Navy didn't practice tackling at all. They hadn't hit anyone. And BYU went in and beat them by 50. Yeah. So, I think it's just I mean, literally like football experience, just playing. It just, it just makes sense. Practice makes perfect or whatever you want to say. But when you're installing all this new stuff, practice. it's – Yeah. But, <laughs> no, I would makes, agree. Makes and I think uh, football, especially college football practice, is probably wildly important. Um, so, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna use that as an excuse considering we lost to Coastal last year, but it is, uh, it will be interesting just to see if like, you know, I just, I hope KU improves. And now that we are practicing, like that is an excuse. We just like, that's one week we can maybe use that, but like moving forward, we're not going to win games. We've just got to see some improvement. I think we'll get to like expectations moving forward. Um, before we even, I guess, talk about Coastal, there's a few other things I want to talk, touch on there, but tailgating, it was the first, it was first like stay at home. We weren't at the booth, which was sad. It was very depressing, but I'll tell you what, I had a hell of a time. 9 PM kickoff was outrageous. I think we got things started around one 32. I don't remember when you got there, but we had quite a big group there by like 2.33, and I had a blast. What is your take on the home tailgating experience? It may be a hot take. I think there's some positives that make it better than like tailgating at the booth. Like we had the option of being in your backyard. We could go inside. We could watch the other games that were on. Granted, they were shitty, but like, I, I mean, you could cook whatever you wanted to. That You're not stuck in one place. You can kind of just – you know, it felt more relaxed. You could park wherever you wanted to right there, like yeah. leave whenever you want. You don't have to worry about getting into the game and worrying about timing. It's just you're just there for 12 hours or however long we were out there, which was an outrageous decision by us looking <laughs> yeah. back. But it was a blast. I mean, I had the time of my life. It's like the same thing we do for 6 p.m. games in Lawrence. Like we're always like, oh, it's not early. Like 
When it's 11 a.m. game, we're like 7 a.m. That gives us four hours, and that's like getting there by 7 is like hard. But when it's 6 p.m., yeah. we're like, eh, noon, no problem. And by kickoff, here's the difference between home. I agree with everything you just said. But the thing about home games is kickoff comes, you walk in, and you may still casually buy a beer and drink, but you're not like drinking like you were at the tailgate. Now, the problem with the home tailgate is <laughs> – we just didn't stop. And then KU started playing worse, which made us want to drink even more. And it was just like, by the end of the game, it was like, oh, my God. We've been aggressively drinking for half a day. Like, a half a day. And I had a blast, like I said. But the next day was one of those all-time just like, what am I doing? Why did I behave the way I did yesterday? And I'm sure it was way worse for you. You were doing the chug-offs with James. You were having – I mean, we really did just bring less Valley to the backyard, which was a great time. But, man, 6.30 coming up on this Saturday. I don't know what time we should start, but I will never be doing a 12-hour tailgate ever again. <laughs> well, no, the problem was is, like, when you go for 12 hours, you should probably make it a marathon, not a sprint, like they say, like the fake yeah. patties and all that stuff, like pace yourself. Boy, did we not pace ourselves at all. No. I mean, those chug-offs were happening at 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon. And James doesn't know how to fucking follow the rules. So I had to do two of them oh, in like yeah. 90 seconds. And I mean, it, it took off from there. I mean, it really did. The jungle juice was popping. The, the crown was pop. I mean, you guys saw the videos. It's yeah. just, it was an outrageous time that, that like you said, made me never want to drink again. I felt so awful the next day and the day after that going to work Monday was just literally, crazy. literally Monday. It was like a two day hangover. And maybe that's just us getting old. I mean, we absolutely are. I remember back in college, people saying, like, trust me, this is going to start to catch up to you. Like, it's gonna <laughs> suck. And, I mean, yeah, it did. It did, for sure. But I had a blast. I agree with everything you said about the home tailgate. The biggest thing for me is as a guy that, like, drives to the tailgate and loads everything up in the car, that's tables, chairs, all that shit, like, not having to transport that, like, deal with parking, deal with traffic, getting all that stuff in the car. Like it was just so nice to be miserable and just be at your own home after the loss instead of what we're used to. And it's packing up the tailgate, getting out of traffic and just being miserable listening to post game on the way home. So I want to be back in the booth, but it's 2020. We got to try and find some positives about it. And I will hundred percent say I am all in on home tailgates. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, we talked about it. I mean, I, I honestly think we should keep this going into gears that we can still go to games. Like, maybe not the home games, but definitely the road games. Road games. Why not? Yeah, don't really do it it's for just, road games, but that'd be a lot. That'd be 12 straight weekends of just. That's what we're going to do this weekend or this year, no? Well, we didn't last weekend. Yeah, but, I mean, we have bye weeks in regular season, you know, yeah. regular years too. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I did just want to touch on the tailgating. Let's get more into Coastal Carolina. You mentioned it earlier, three turnovers in our first four or five possessions, something like that. I know we turned it over our first possession on that, like, deflected interception or whatever. Which, I mean, and I then, don't think that was on – I think Arnold's got to catch that, if I'm thinking sure. that right. So, yeah, no, he absolutely had to catch it. And then yeah. I know there was – I think there was a fumble. I can't remember specifically which drive. I think maybe the third drive. And then there was there was like right before halftime, we had the ball around midfield, and this one I think was on McVitie where he like tried to like he was running to the side of the field and he tried to throw a little like dump off almost like five yard out. Yeah. And the D lineman just like I mean read it like a book, tipped it up, caught it himself. Coastal <laughs> scores like three plays later, it's twenty eight nothing and a half. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
it was it's disgusting. Just, it was painful, man. And like, listen, I want McVitie to succeed. I feel for the guy. I know last year was a nightmare for him. He came in, he, he commits to the O coordinator. That guy leaves. Carter, clearly the better quarterback, beats him out. And he was probably like, damn, like I'm never going to play real legitimate college football. So now he's getting his chance, and I hope he takes advantage. But, man, he just – he didn't look comfortable. He didn't look – I can't remember thinking ever being like, wow, that looked really impressive by McVitie. Like, yeah, he made some throws, but I never I never saw those flashes of greatness that Carter would absolutely give us in years prior, like even before Carter was a starter. Like, he had moments where you're like, this dude could be really good. Maybe I was drunk. Maybe I don't remember. Did you see any of that from McVitie? I mean, no. I mean, well, I mean, if you just look at his stat line alone, he was like, what, five for nine, four for nine, something like that, for seven yards. So, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we should that's the thing. Be- like, there just, there just can't be that much to take from that other. That, that's po- like, what could we possibly say that's positive when he's averaging less than two yards of completion? Completes. Uh, the game kept saying he was four for nine. I think ESPN said he was five for nine. But either way, I mean, we're, <laughs> it, it's, it's not like one's incredible. It's, it's, you know, you just, we need better production. Yeah, and I like I said, I feel sorry for him, but and we we should keep in mind that he did get hurt in like the third quarter. So I will say this though, I was a little bit surprised with his like running ability. He had a couple runs that he broke off, getting out of sacks, extending plays. Like that was a positive, I'd say, because that was something I wasn't really sure of going into it. But if if he does have like the running ability that's half of the rpo right there right like if he can just yeah. find a way to extend plays and make things happen now who knows how much of a chance he's going to get because i thought miles kendrick looked all right but i at least it gives him something to lean on and hopefully fingers crossed the offense just starts clicking he gets easier looks once the offense gets more implemented with the younger receivers and quarterbacks <sighs> never played in it before but that's the thing you mentioned miles kendrick uh and you mentioned mcvitty getting more opportunities but it's like I think if Miles Kendrick comes out and I mean, less Miles said that we plan on playing two quarterbacks again Saturday. If Miles Kendrick comes out and just plays decent, I think he'll be the guy. Like, and I'm not sure. I kind of want to throw that question out to you. One is Kendrick like the front? I mean, looking at stats and looking at the game, like Kendrick was clearly the better player. Granted, Kendrick mm-hmm. had some bad moments too. Everyone had bad moments. Like, oh, yeah. No one was perfect. Like, Kendrick for sure showed, like I said with McVitie, where you didn't see any of those flashes of like, okay, this dude could be good. Kendrick did show some things where I was like, okay, that was kind of exciting. Like, yeah, there was there was a throw he had to Lasseter that was like in between two or three guys, and he just placed it like, and it was one of the most beautiful throws I've ever seen. Like it, yeah. it was, and so like that's the kind of stuff you want to look for. I, I do have a take in the quarterback conversation, though. The NCAA passed that rule where, like, this year eligibility-wise just doesn't matter. Like, they're just giving an extra year of eligibility to fall athletes. They passed that back in August. If that, like, stood and is still the case, why? like, we're going to suck regardless of who plays quarterback. Why not just throw Jalen Daniels in there oh. for seven or eight games of experience and be like, okay, once this, once this bullshit season's over – uh, that no one actually really cares about, and it just feels fake, and half the teams are playing, and yeah. why not, like, give him that game experience that's super valuable, and then he can start as a quote-unquote true freshman next year with those seven or eight games of experience against mostly and now all conference teams, 
And because that, yeah, I think I that's just the answer. Like you just have to have a quarterback that plays for more than one year. If you want to turn anything around the last time we were good, reasoning played for three and a half years. Yes. No, I mean, I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I a hundred percent agree. Like, Unless Miles Kendrick or McVitie come out and have like a Boston College type Carter performance, right. like what are we doing? Why are we? What's there to lose? What is? Yeah, what is there to lose? They all are not going to be good. One has an excuse of being a freshman, and I think Jeff Hawk tweeted out some videos like Jalen Daniels didn't play much. We I think had turned the game off by then, but like Jalen Daniels probably had two of the more. <laughs> impressive looking throws like they were that's how sad the performance was like they were just simple throws to the outside but like still those are the types of things where I could get excited about this season you take wins away you take everything away if you can throw out Jalen Daniels and just allow us to be mature and say okay this guy's gonna suck it's okay he's gonna have growing pains he's 18 he's playing on a bad team if we could just watch him slowly get better throughout the season, that's how you go into next season and you're like, okay. And regardless of if, if eligibility matters this year, like I would be cool if we played Jalen Daniels the next eight games, nine games, and it'll probably be eight because he won't start this game. But like mm-hmm. play him the next eight games and just slowly watch him get better, we will be excited going into next season with him. And that would be the first time we've been excited about a quarterback going into a season in – a long time. A very long time. Like, do you have, like, any in your head where you're thinking, like, like this was a year that I was excited about the quarterback play? I know you're big on Montel. I was Montel, your friend. Montel Cozer, Cozart, but, like, yeah. I mean, that was just – that was what we always do. Just we find silly things to convince ourselves are going to be awesome with KU football because it's what we have to do. But it's, like, he hadn't proven anything. That's my point is, like, no matter what happens next year, we all will be like, oh, Jalen Daniels, like he's our guy, mm-hmm. so pumped. But I actually want to have some reasoning behind it. Like I want him to be good this year. Not good, but at least like show signs of those mm-hmm. – of the potential. So I agree with your take. I was going to throw that out there as my take. But I'm team unless Kendrick or McVitie absolutely kills it and we beat Baylor on Saturday. I don't see how you don't just roll <laughs> Daniels. Um, speaking of talking ourselves into things, I don't know if I told you this at the tailgate, but I absolutely took KU plus seven live, uh, when we got down 14, nothing or 21, nothing or whatever it was. <laughs> I, dude, we almost got there too. If we got that onside kick, I swear to God, we were going to at least cover that. But, the good thing is, is, uh, honestly, I bet like my, got some drinks in me and it was like, you know, you know when you have like a dollar amount in mind for gambling over the next two, maybe you don't do that. But I always try and like be responsible and be like, okay, here's how, yourself? Sure. I'm gonna, here's how much money I'm going to bet over the next two. I bet it all on KU to cover just because we've been drinking. I had KU minus six and a half, and I just lost all my money. But you want to know where oh. I placed that bet, AB? Oh, let, let me hear how about yes. that segue. You might not be at the game this year, but you still, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. We weren't at the game; we were in on the action. We didn't win, but you know, we had fun. We least have the opportunity. To well, thank, thanks to you, kind of, and me, like grudgingly watching the Lakers game with you that night. I also had the Lakers that night, and that absolutely cashed by a million. So it evens out. Yeah, uh, 
like we said, bet online. They're going the extra mile. Make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season from game spreads and totals to team, player, coaching props. Bet online gives you more options to wager than any place online. You can get on get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on win, division, and championship futures now. Head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So yeah, you took KU live. Yikes. Yeah. Only yeah, one though, right? Down. Like I'll tell you what, KU it was one of those trap games where it was like you could have just keep following the crumbs oh. and being like live again, live again. Like, oh we'll figure it out. Oh, I've been so, there before. Trust yeah, me. Oh I know. It's more of like a college bat I always do that in college basketball. I don't do that as much college football, but you could was, there was one year with KU hoops. Like six picks. What? <laughs> there was one year with KU hoops where they I think it was the Josh Jackson team, or maybe it was the oh. 2018 Final Four team. One of them, they would always get down like 12 early, that was Josh especially Jackson. at home. Yep. And I would just be like, oh, cool. All right, we're getting KU like minus two and a half at home against Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. sign me up for that one. And it always worked that year. Always worked. But there's definitely been other years where KU teams will get down early and win by like one or two. The, well, good, thing, the good thing about that team is they would be down 15 and come back and win by 15. Right. The one that's sticking out in my head, and uh, this was the 2018 team with Devontae on them. Um, do you remember when they had, like, the – what year celebration was it? It was, like, 100 years uh, of KU basketball or something like that? They lost to Oklahoma State at home. They lost to Oklahoma State. I, that was one of those where it was the trap where I just kept live betting KU. And my week was over at that point. Like, yeah, that it was, was game, so bad. That was, like, the post-game event where Bill just publicly shamed the entire team at this 100-year mm-hmm. anniversary. <laughs> Shout out. It worked. They went to a Final Four. I wish we were talking about KU basketball right now. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think we all agree. I'd be interested to hear what listeners think. But, like, Jalen Daniels, it'll be brutal for him, probably. Like, he will not enjoy his freshman season. But I think when you look back on his career in four years, he will be like, yeah, me getting to play those six, seven, eight games my freshman year and just get thrown in the fire and get absolutely dominated, like, that's what turned me into a quarterback that could lead KU to a bowl game. Yeah, I said it. Mm-hmm. Well, Wait. speaking of bowl games, yes. did you see that today? Yes, I'm glad I we're on did. the same page with that. Do you have yes. more info? Because all I saw was like, – I don't really have a whole lot of information about it except that, like, maybe everyone's invited. They're talking talking about that, I think. Uh, let me see if I can pull it up. But, like, can you imagine if we snuck into a bowl game? I mean, we'd certainly be playing someone else. Like, it'd be like KU versus Arkansas, some shitty game in, like, Fort Worth. And, I mean, it, go down. <laughs> but, I mean, we would absolutely claim that we went to a bowl game. Yeah, so they waiver filed to eliminate bowl eligibility. Uh, let's see. But that, like, that's what I didn't understand. Like, they're just getting rid of like the rules to qualify for a bowl. Because when I read that, I was like, okay, well, they're just not having bowl games. Yes, yeah, so I just kind of assumed this whole time bowls were just not going to happen this year. Yeah, twenty twenty season is going to be a weird one as the Power Five conferences could end up playing different number of games that will make things difficult for the college football playoff selection. But these problems will trickle down to other bowl games. Uh, so they have CF. P selection protocol only notes that teams have to be bowl eligible to be considered for the playoff, but uh, NCAA is yet to determine what constitutes bowl eligibility. 
A waiver seeking elimination of all bowl eligibility requirements has been submitted. Um, a decision could come as soon as next week. That still doesn't answer our questions. We're not here about the college football playoff. Yeah, well, I guess that makes a lot more sense now. It's because, and I could rant about this for a month, the Big Ten's plan is the most outrageous thing in the history of the globe. And what's going to happen is Ohio State's going to play like four or five games and be 5-0. Oh, yeah. and oh. And they're going to be, like, probably one of the best four teams in the country, but it's going to be Auburn 7-2 and playing against nine SEC teams. And Ohio State's 5-0 and playing against, like, Illinois and Nebraska and stuff. Like, who do you give the nod to at that point? So I think that's probably more of what that's talking about, not really letting an 0-10 KU team play in the Alamo Bowl or something. The takes that that would bring. I'm very much looking forward to it. I, yeah, I don't, so, yeah, I guess I don't even know. How many games, do the Big Ten officially have their schedule set? Yeah, so first of all, let me just, one, complain, shouts to the Big Ten uh, scheduling committee that gave Michigan uh, at Wisconsin and Minnesota for their two Big Ten West games, and Ohio State gets to play, like, Illinois and Nebraska or something. That, that was really cool of them. But the thing that's actually, like, really dumb is, I, it's they said something like, if you, Test positive for COVID, you have to sit out for 21 days. And they're playing an, they're playing an eight-week schedule, eight games in a row, no bye weeks. And then championship week, they're playing like like everyone's going to play, but they're going to match it up so like the one in the West plays the one in the East and then all the way down. Yeah. So it's like – you know, so that I means just to give everyone a ninth game. But if you test positive, you have to sit out for a third of your schedule. That's kind of stupid. And then it's like it's if five percent of your team or five percent of your roster tests positive, you're just not going to play the game. That's f- depending on how many scholarship guys you have. That's four or five players testing positive in a week. Like Arkansas State went to Manhattan with nine guys out because of COVID and beat K State. Good lord! So like, yeah, like it yeah. just it just feels like half their games are going to get canceled. There's no time to make them up because they're starting end of October and it lines up perfectly to where their championship weekend is like the day before the college playoff selection. So there's just Ten nothing they can do to make just, games up. Big Ten has looked so stupid throughout all of this. Yeah, it's like it just it's it's way too optimistic on their end, and I just don't see how it's going to work out. Yeah, so I guess we we got into this conversation saying that we hope the Hawks could sneak in with like a one and nine record and play in a bowl game. Probably not going to happen, but it would be hilarious, and I would do whatever I could to attend that game. Sure. Um. I guess I don't want to – not too much more on Coastal Carolina. I would say Belton Gardner. If we're looking for bright spots, Belton Gardner was a bright spot. He had the big run, the most exciting touchdown of the day. Um, Obviously, we got to get Puka more involved. He left with a boot on, which was not – I got a text from, like, a dude that I know that works at KU, and he was like – it's like 2 a.m. or 1 a.m. And he's like, you were just getting started at that point. And he was like, Puka's in a boot. And I was like, oh my God. Like, I legit thought we were like, gonna never see Puka play again, but it sounds like he's doing fine. So last week helped. But the good news is, like, we're pretty sure we're gonna lose Puka after this year, but Belton Gardner is very exciting and mm-hmm. hopefully can be a guy that we can look forward to next year. But yeah, I mean, bright spots other than Belton Gardner, what do you have? Anything? I mentioned him earlier. I thought Laster was pretty good. I know he caught a touchdown. Uh, he had that one catch. I mean, it was an unbelievable throw by Kendrick, but uh, you got to finish the catch in traffic. So there's not a whole lot to pick out, you know, especially on offense. The second half defense is pretty good. They give up 10 points, and so I know for sure a field goal was, like, off a turnover in, like, our 
side of the field. So, like, yeah. almost offense handing him three points. So the second half defense was fine, but it's also how aggressive was Coastal being when they're up 28 to three at halftime. Like, yeah, they probably like, just shut it down. We see that in every, like, how much right, like we see that with the Chiefs every week. Yeah. And I mean, it's hard to be super mad at the defense. Well, it's not hard, but like we talked earlier, turnovers just hurt, kill the defense. I mean, we were turning it over quick too. Like it's not like mm-hmm. we're getting rest or anything, but yeah, giving up 38 points, Coast Carolina, it's just not something that can happen. Like, so we talked about the offense being a disaster, but like <laughs> the defense was bad too. And that's what was just so demoralizing about that game is there weren't bright spots. There wasn't, one area of the game where it was like, okay, well, that went pretty well. Like, nothing went well other than the onside kick that was sick and should have stood, but they called us offsides. Am I wrong? Was he not offsides? No, everyone was onside, and, I mean, we definitely have a right to complain about that, but I guess my main thing is, like, maybe we shouldn't put ourselves in a situation that we got an onside kick with seven minutes left against fucking Coastal Carolina. I agree, and we probably would have lost either way. But, like, that was the most exciting part of the day. Like, we went nuts. The house went nuts. And It it was – the other thing that we haven't talked about, and this one kind of got forgotten just because, like, the onside kick happened. What was insanely frustrating to me was we were kind of trying to, like, sneak back in. I think we were down – 28 17 at the time it was after we went for two for absolutely no reason and didn't get it um and coastal went down pretty quickly and scored but the the quarterback like fumbled as he was going into the end zone and we recovered it and like there was just for whatever reason there was just no angle right down the pylon yeah i remember that why do you not have a freaking camera on the goal line Right, so I don't know if he was in or not, but like I would have liked to seen an angle to show me if he was in or not. Because oh, for a yeah. second there, I thought we forced a fumble at the one-yard line, recovered the ball, down 11 in the middle of the third quarter. Offense kind of had like, some momentum at that I point. I remember thinking, like, we're going to win this game. Like that. Yes. There were moments, but then it felt like those moments quickly got taken away from us, like the onside kick. When we got the onside kick, like I was celebrating so much because I was like, we're going to win the game. Because our offense was just kind of like <laughs> – I don't know. I felt like our offense had just had a couple good possessions in a row, and it was like, all right, right. we're up. We woke up. Like, we're fine. But it was a 12-point game. We would have had the ball at midfield with seven minutes left and two timeouts. So, like, you go down and score, say, three or four minutes, plenty of time. Yeah. At least gives you a chance. But, I mean, once that was overturned, you was just – I mean, there was nothing you could do. Yeah. So. Well, okay. Well. Speaking of onside kicks, I know we're on KU right now, but I'm assuming you saw the Cowboys-Falcons game. Hilarious! What I, were the Falcons doing? Uh, they acted. Like, I truly think they thought. I truly think they thought they had to let the ball go ten yards before they could touch it. It's like I think insanity. they mixed up the rule. It was, was a really hilarious. cool onside was kick. A, it was sick. Like I love how like the onside kick just continues to get innovated. Like you wouldn't think that there'd be new ways to do it, but mm-hmm. compared to where it used to be, where they just like kick it as hard as they could at the other team, or like. I remember a few years, like, remember the big thing was to kick it really high and then hope yep. the guy would just sprint and catch it. Like, that was sick. The thing KU football did is kind of a newer, cooler thing. And so, yeah, I'm, I wish I wish onside kicks were more possible to get. Like, the there's right. nothing more exhilarating than it, when your team gets an onside kick, and I wish it happened more often. It's just since they changed all those, like, safety rules and stuff to where you can't, like, you get a running start or whatever. 
Yeah. And you have to like balance out the sides of the field. Like it's just completely ruined it all. So like you said, you have to get creative with it, but it, it doesn't happen very often, which honestly probably makes it more exciting when it does. But even when it like before those rules, it's not like it happened like at a 50, 50 clip. It was still like a 10% chance you're going to get it. So like, yeah, I don't know. it legitimately feels like it's like a one. I would love to see the stats on what it's been the last couple of years. Cause it just mm-hmm. never happens. Um, I guess we should probably talk about our folks over at Manscaped. Um, AB, you're a big proponent of Manscaped. You, you used their products before. Uh, the Once or twice, Lawn- yeah. Yeah, the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 is a premium electric trimmer that's designed to give you a confidence boost through body image. Their ceramic blade and skin safe technology are designed to reduce nicks or tugs on your fellas down low. The Lawnmower 3.0 is also waterproof. It comes with an LED light so you can manscape in the shower, in the dark, or in the dark shower, whatever floats your boat. They also just released their Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is the perfect add-on to Lawnmower 3.0. Uh, the Shears 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools and includes tip tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail fire file. The Shears 2.0 nail kit allows you to pluck your eyebrows and trim your nails in style. On their website, you'll also find the Crop Preserver. That's your thing. Shout Look, out. it's it's going to be 95 degrees on Saturday, God. which is disgusting to think about. But no better day to bring out the Crop Preserver and just cool your balls down. Yep, they're an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. This will help you tame the summer swamp ass with natural hydrators and antioxidants. You'll also find the Crop Reviver, a testy toner that's like having cologne that is designed for your balls. We won't judge you judge you if we catch you sniffing yourself. Go to manscaped.com and check out some of these life-changing products. In fact, listeners of the show will get 20% off plus free shipping with code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code armchair. It's time to grab 2020 by the horns by shaving that front trunk. And before we get back to the show, let's just again remind everyone, bet online. You're, we're not going to be at the games this year, so just do your get your action at betonline.com, betonline, or not.com, betonline.ag. Betonline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get on everything imaginable this season from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Betonline gives you more options to wager than any place online. You get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on win, division, championship, futures. Now head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of the great sign-up bonuses so looking at the baylor speaking of yes i was just gonna do the same thing since we're talking about bet online do you have a pick for baylor or do you want to talk about the game first i was just gonna say we know we don't know what to expect they lose their coach he's gone they haven't played their games are getting canceled left and right speaking of, do we even know if we'll play like what's your confidence level there it sounds like Dave Aranda, their new coach, uh, expects the game to happen. But, like, what else is he supposed to say? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, so I don't really take too much out of that. Um, what does suck, and there's kind of a little controversy going around with it with the Houston game, is they didn't announce that until, like, Friday. So we yeah. probably won't know if it is going to be canceled until, like, 24 hours until kickoff, which sucks. But I hope it is what it is. I mean, we'll see. I'd love to still just tailgate and maybe, maybe it'd be even more fun not to have the stress of the game. I feel like yeah, that just, day. just wipe that all out. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I, I bet I bet we play. Yeah, we know nothing about Baylor. Uh, and to be honest, if we did, I don't know how you could even predict this KU football team. I guess that's my question. Moving forward, we've said it. We can't expect to win games. We've got to expect we're probably going to go 0-9 the rest of the way. We're going to end 0-10. Now, if we win, great. And I'm not saying we can't win because we saw last year we lost Coast Carolina. We turned around and played the most exciting KU football game of the decade. So it's like we can turn around. I, I believe Deerman's offense has that potential to just when it clicks, it can just annihilate teams. But I don't know. I mean, what do you, what do you want to see moving forward? I Like you mentioned it earlier, improvement. I want I want our offense to like not – be so stagnant. I want to have a quarterback that can complete more than four passes for seven yards. You know what I mean? Um, So honestly, I I think that's really all you can expect. We're not going to see wins. Um, That's just kind of the reality of the situation. But and I think I don't know defense like better starts too. Like don't get down twenty eight nothing because it just sucks the juice out of everything and you can't really take anything the rest of the game. Like I think sometimes KU football fans get like the, a reputation of like being unrealistic. And I mean, we joke that sometimes we are, but like in the grand scheme of things, I think what most KU football fans want is just to like not to lose to coastal Carolina and to not lose by 50 in the big 12, like not lose by 30. Like we want to, we want to be able to sit down and watch a game and just at least feel like there's some sort of chance we can win. And it's like, we don't ask a lot. So, the rest of the season, like, if you could just get me three games where I am invested from kickoff to finish, whether that's Tech, West Virginia, K-State, Tech, Iowa State, West Virginia, like, I don't know. I don't care what three games it is. Just give me three games where I legitimately care about what's happening and I'm not turning it off in the fourth quarter like we did Saturday. Like. I don't know. Is that realistic? Can we expect to compete in three games this year moving forward? I think you have to think we can compete with Tech because people forget. Tech's Tech, all, Tech yeah. they struggled with Houston Baptist, who might be worse than – or are worse Absolutely than all the teams. Yeah. I read, like, Houston Baptist has, like, a CVS connected to their football stadium. Like like, uh, like a pharmacy? Yeah. Like, literally, oh it's God. just a football field, and then right next to it is a parking lot to CVS. Like, I honestly love it. I love that. Yeah. It's it's crazy. So, I, Texas Tech is on the table. We should still, in my mind, be confident that we can win that game. But, like we said, you said it, improvement. <laughs> Trust well, but like, It's not really – I think we have to get out of our mind that we're going to be any better than we were last year. Not even just looking at wins, but just product-wise. Because like, last year, that's what we were. We won a few games, and we competed the most. Like, what games did we get blown out last year? Even that Oklahoma game felt kind of close until halftime. Like, honestly, <laughs> there were a couple close. things that, that went the wrong way. <laughs> that probably kind shouldn't of close have. until halftime, but that's like <laughs> our program is in. But- right. No, yeah, I agree. Like, there's no chance this team's going to be even remotely close to last year's team. And that's what sucks so bad is last year's team was so much better than the record indicates. And so this year's team is going to just look – I mean, I don't know. I guess it's like, oh, we only won two games last year. Or what did we win? Did we win three? We won three. three. Yeah, we won three. We only won three games last year. So how do we lose zero this year? But it's like – that's probably going to happen because we got worse. 
We played less bad teams than we did last year. And mm-hmm. I don't know. So, yeah, I agree with you. Like, I just want to have some guy – like, the way we were last year, at the end of the year, like, Andrew Parchment, like, I was excited about him going into next year. Like, mm-hmm. I want Jalen Daniels. I want Velton Gardner. I want Lawrence Arnold. I want those guys to just show – potential all season and have those big moments where we're talking about where it's like, okay, we sucked. We went 0 and 10, but we've got guys in place that can be around and lead us to a bowl game. someday. Not even a bowl game. Lead us to four wins. I don't know. Let's get to four. Right. Yeah. I mean, we got to take a step between three and six. I don't think it's going to happen overnight. Obviously it hasn't the last 11 or 12 years, but I don't know. I mean, what improvement? How do you feel about Puka Heisman? I know we talked about that last time. <laughs> how, about, how about us last episode? I was throwing out Puka Heisman smoke, and Bri was talking about us being ranked week three. Oh, and I said we'd win by, like, 30. I mean, it, really, for everyone on the on the pod, it, was, uh, it wasn't our best. Uh, right after once. I just said we were, were more realistic than people give us credit for. But, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, what did what'd you even ask me? Oh, Puka Heisman. I mean, last week sucked. I felt like Puka did – I mean, Puka had still those moments where it was like he was dead in the water and got out of it. Like he did his Puka stuff, but just never felt like we got him in opportunities to really be effective. So. Does, does that sound familiar at all? Has that ever happened before? Puka not getting the opportunity to do what he can? Wow. As, but I'm also – We've said that in the past with the same guy running the offense, and Puga's also been the most electric player in football with this guy running the offense. So I still think it's very possible we see Puga just explode in this game. Well, the problem is is it's hard for him to explode when the quarterback play is so bad that they can, like, put literally all 11 people in the box and it just won't matter. Yeah. So, like, that, that's what's a little frustrating, and it's it all revolves around the quarterback one way or another, so. So, do you have a line for Baylor, KU? Yeah, I looked before we got on. It was Baylor minus 17, uh, total 62. Um, I mean, do you have thoughts on that? I, I'll, I'll go first if you want me to. Yeah, you can go ahead. I'll take the Hawks. I like the Hawks this week, plus 17. And the under. I think it's like Ooh. a 30, like a 31-17 kind of thing. I very much disagree. I am hesitant to take any unders with this KU team because I've I don't trust this defense at all. We just gave up 38 to Coastal Carolina. What are we going to give up to Baylor? Um, I don't hate taking KU plus 17, but I feel like you just got to ride with Baylor. Like, I, do you think that line is impacted by the fact that Baylor hasn't played? Like, Baylor was so good last year. Yeah, they lost their coach. They lost their defensive coordinator. They lost – like. But they have – I know they do. They got dudes. I know. So I, I, just, I think Tom Beck not taking Baylor minus 17. I'm hammering the over. I'm not confident on spread, but I am fairly confident Baylor puts up at least 40 on their own. Not right. I mean, I I know even with last year's game against them, that would have gone under and they put up 55. They were really good defensively. <laughs> that game. I mean, that would have gone under and they put up 55. <laughs> <laughs> What an outrageous moment. I'm very glad I set that one out because, uh, yeah, that was that was awful last year. But I don't know. It's just Baylor hasn't played. They, I mean, I would, I would assume it sounds like all these, like, spring practices and stuff were based on conference. So, I don't think Baylor, like, they're not, you're not going to be able to say Baylor had 20 spring practices, KU had zero. 
to like put stuff in, especially with Leighton. Bry talked about this last week. He was he just kept saying new coach, new system, all this. Like there's going to have some growing pains, and I kind of agree with him, especially that we've seen that that kind of does matter in this weird whatever kind of season it is. I totally agree, um, but I just don't think it's going to matter against us. The product the KU is going to be there is just I just don't think it's going to matter. So I'll take Baylor. Uh, and I'll take the over, but well, it's a good start for whatever gambling competition we do this year on the show that uh, we're opposite on both picks. So, yeah. Um, do you have any other thoughts on Baylor before I think we'll wrap up with a little NBA talk for those that don't want to hear me and AB talk NBA, you can turn it off now, but uh, anything else on Baylor? No, I, I'll say talk NBA is probably an understatement because it's probably going to get pretty passionate at some point. Always does. Well, it's like, I don't, I was thinking about this, A.B., and I almost texted you this. This is Let's just get this started. One day, your kids, they're going to be – your son's going to be 13, and he's going to be watching sure. YouTube videos of LeBron. He's going to be like, Dad, what were you doing when LeBron was having his incredible run of – This know, is the dumbest argument I've ever just, heard in my life. Either way, whatever he says, where were you? what were you doing when LeBron won his fourth ring? And what you're going to say is, oh – I was taking L's on Twitter, having meltdowns on Twitter instead of instead of just appreciating what you were watching. Like, okay, well, let me start with this. What if my 13-year-old son gets on YouTube and sees that the Warriors won three in a row and it was super incredible? Or you, I'll, I'll say your son in this case, and you didn't appreciate greatness then. It's kind of the same thing. If you're going to bring up the appreciating greatness thing, like we can hate greatness. That's, I'm not saying that like you had to root for the Warriors, but like it's very possible to hate greatness. And I would say it's probably. I think it's a little more popular to hate greatness because I had a uh, I had a very particular interest in the team going against the Warriors. Like you have no rooting interest in this anymore, and you That's, still spend your time. Is, oh my god, this is what pisses me off. I've been so consistent that I do not like LeBron James and the team he teams he plays for. That's been a thing for me for over a decade now. It's been – that's what shocks me. That, it, it just shocks me every time I have a take about LeBron that people just, like, seem to forget that I don't like him. And then it's just, like, it's a cycle. It doesn't make any sense. But, like he's, – He's ruined the Bulls many a time. I think he's the corniest person in the history of the world. I think his fans are the most insufferable group of people – and no matter what's being talked about, LeBron has to be brought up. I know I've started to do that the opposite way, but it's because it's just like I feed off of that. It's it's. I mean, I love it. I love talking LeBron. I love arguing about LeBron. Do you? I, I, mean, I, I can't tell. I really do think when it's all said and done, like we're going to laugh at the fact we even didn't think he was potentially the GOAT. Like he's just going to be the GOAT. Like, Can just, we stop having that conversation? I'm not. No, you want to stop having it because you're wrong. And I, we don't have to get into I, it. Like, I don't have an opinion on it. Yes, you I like, do. I like Jordan more, but I literally like – it literally is just that. I like Jordan. I'm a Bulls fan, so clearly I have that connection. I wasn't old enough to watch that dynasty, but I appreciate what he did for the team that I root for. It's like – we're KU fans. We didn't get to watch Wilt Chamberlain play, but we still appreciate what he did for KU. We're Wilt guys. We're Danny Manning guys. I appreciate Michael Jordan. I think he's like the best player of all time. Just see this. this see, see, here we go. Here we go. This guy's a joke. I, I, I've admitted There's nothing I love more. What? Go ahead. I've admitted many times that LeBron very well might be the best player ever, but at the same time, who cares? It's never going to be like set in stone. That like, There's no real thing he can do 
to prove that. It's always just going to be a debate, a hypothetical that will never be solved, ever, ever, ever. Unless he gets like six rings, because it's always going to be the ring thing. It always is. Yeah. And unless but, if he gets over six, I think that's, or even gets two six, I think that's when people are going to be like, okay, six. well then clearly. And yeah. whether that's fair or not, like I get the, like he played against the Warriors five years in a row or whatever it was. Like I get that's not the most fair argument, but it's what the diehard Jordans, the GOAT people go to every single time. You're not going to convince them otherwise unless he gets to the same amount of rings. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, I don't want to do this. I think the ring thing is the dumbest thing we do in sports because we – I agree. Okay, but without arguing about LeBron, what what are your actual takes moving forward in the uh, playoffs? Like, are Lakers going to win in five? Are the Nuggets going to make this a series? I kind of think the Nuggets – I think it might go six. I think Lakers probably win in six, but I think the Nuggets can maybe get the Lakers sweating a little bit. They're good. Maybe what I what I don't want to do is say that the Nuggets could be up two one right now if AD didn't hit that shot because I think if AD doesn't hit that shot the Lakers won by twenty last night. Oh, I right? agree. I was so I was just like I kept so I don't know like how that. much of a like, thing that was. I mean, it's, we see this so often where teams go up two zero and just get smacked in right. three because they just kind of relax. I will say this tongue in cheek: uh, series doesn't start till the road team wins a game. So in my mind, anyone's game. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I'll ask you this because this is a question that I've been thinking about for a while and I've kind of turned into, I hope this happens because more ammo for me. If LeBron doesn't win it all this year, is that like the biggest like failure he's had in his career? It's really bad. It is really is it worse bad. than like the Mavericks? I mean, that Mavericks series, we don't talk about enough, but is it worse than that? I don't know if it's worse than the Mavericks because LeBron's going to have LeBron's going to be the best player. Like LeBron's the best player le- left, and AD is the second best player left. Mavericks by a long shot. I think you could at least argue that Dirk at that moment was the second best player in that in that series. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe D Wade. I just felt like. Well, no. I'm, what, are we talking talent or performance? Because if it, we're talking performance, Dirk no, was the I'm best. Talking LeBron was like seventeenth. Going into that okay. series, if you rank two of the best players, I think you probably would have went LeBron, Dirk, Wade, Bosch. Great. Right, but I mean, you still got three out of four. Yeah, I know. But I'm just saying, like this time, like LeBron has himself and Anthony Davis, who is incredible. So it's like there's just no reason they shouldn't win it. And I will 100% be just like, it will be devastating as a LeBron guy to just see he finally like we've talked about like he has ran into some freaking juggernauts in the finals like when you talk about those Warriors teams but it's like now this will be the only the second time in his career he's really had like a cupcake finals team likely like Celtics and Heat are good but they're young and I don't know there's just no reason that it should be a series. Who were who are you saying was the first one? The Mavs. That was like the cupcake. He should have easily won that. Oh, okay, I didn't. I didn't know if you were talking about like who they beat for the second one. Spurs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Thunder was fairly. Easy. And then they beat they the Thunder. Were, they were so young, but I, I think the Thunder totally were the favorite, though. Yeah. Okay. The Thunder were the favorites. I, I read think that. They, yeah. I, mean, I think it was pretty close, but I, I think they were definitely. Because I mean, yeah. they saw so like fucking KD and Westbrook and Harden. Yeah, that's true. So it's like which is easy to say now, ten years later, but. This will be a, like he just can't lose it. I don't think he will. I think they'll win in six against the Nuggets and win in five or six against the Heat or the Celtics. Look, the Heat 
maybe we're just underestimating the Heat. The Heat's Heat also been – I mean, they're up 2-1, but they pretty much got dominated the entire season like, – or series. Like, did you see the stat on, like, what percentage of the games the – the Celtics have been leading. Like the Celtics have been, when you just look at overall minutes of play, the Celtics have been the better team. Now, I will say, the Heat are fucking gamers. They make plays when you got to make plays, and the Celtics seem to kind of crumble. But I don't know. I think Celtics could very much still win this series. I yeah, I'm very much looking forward. I sorry for saying the same thing you did, uh, but definitely excited to watch the rest of that series. It's been, I feel like the games haven't been like terribly close, but they've all been like exciting in a way. Yeah. Like, those, both those first two games, the Celtics were up almost 20 apiece, and the Heat just won kind of handily still. Um, but, I don't know, that, that series just screams seven games. Just screams it. We need it. It'll be – because those teams are just – they feel so even. Like, they're just yeah. so – they're similar. Like, I don't know, I think Jimmy Butler may be the difference maker. Like, I feel like the Celtics have stars, but, like, Tatum's not quite – I mean, he might, he's probably better than Jimmy Butler, to be honest. But I just don't feel like in, my boy. in the final two minutes of the game, you want Jimmy Butler on your team. You don't want – like, you want him more than you want Tatum, I would think. But Yeah. Maybe he's been cooking. Better. Yeah. He's I good. guess – now that, but, like, when I kind of think about, like, top two on each, like, the Heat and Lakers, like, I feel like that would be a good matchup to watch at least. Bam versus AD and then, like, Jimmy yeah. versus LeBron. Like, they just match up kind of naturally. I, would be, I think either either series will be fun. I would rather – I'd probably rather see Heat. I'd love to see uh, LeBron beat Jimmy Butler because I just – I don't know. It's hard to hate the Celtics. Like, Kimba's very likable. It's hard to hate a Boston team. Eh, Kimba's very likable. Jalen Brown's very likable. Uh, yeah, I see where you're coming from. Yeah, so – I um, like Brad Stevens. Yep, exactly. So, I don't know. I mean, I I will I want to bring this up while NBA is being talked about. The Chicago basketball Bulls, as of yesterday, are very much back. I love it. Me and you had some of our most aggressive arguments ever about the last Hoyle hire of Dan Boylan. I thought it was one of the worst basketball hires I've ever seen. And you know what? Now you can just argue that it was all tanking to get draft picks and to now set up to hire Billy Donovan, and you guys look great because that's an incredible hire. Well, the thing that makes me excited about it, and we don't have to talk about the Bulls for half an hour, but he left the Thunder because they were entering a rebuild. So what makes me excited is like, okay, well, why would he go to the Bulls to enter another rebuild thing unless there's a plan to go get a Giannis, to go get a Bradley Beal, to go get like someone what if he is superstar like level. Pulling like a uh, Rich Paul, like he's just got agent in the background just pulling strings, making things happen before yeah. – it even gets to that point. Just so. just hop in a hop in a cab and drive an hour and a half south, Giannis. Go to Chicago. Get all these losing bullshit out of the way like LeBron did in Cleveland. Go to Chicago. Team up with whoever you want and just just bring me one. That's all I want. Just bring me one. Preferably against LeBron. That would be exciting. That is what we need for you and I. For you to end LeBron's legacy when he's like Bulls Lakers when LeBron's thirty nine years old. Oh my God. You know what I want? Bronny James to Come in and actually two smoking that Nuggets pack. Yeah, Bronny James rolls in and continues to beat the shit out of the Bulls for the next twenty years of your life. Or Bronny James goes to Chicago. What would you think about that? Different people. Yeah, I just feel like you're gonna hate Bronny James. 
I don't have an opinion on. It means yeah, six hundred old. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, that just that, that came to my mind. I had to think about that scenario. No, I mean it's definitely fair. Um, what will the first scenario will absolutely suck, and I absolutely would hate him if he just terrorized the Bulls for another, you know, very large portion of my life. Like, Can you imagine your. You're I feel 50, sick. You, you're brother. 50 years old, and for the last, your entire life, a, a James family member with the first name LeBron has just terrorized your life. I'm just not going to think about it. I'm not just not going to think about it. I it love made that. me sick I'm for a second. I'm obsessed with that happening. But yeah, I'm as obsessed with like the thought of LeBron not winning the title this year as you are with that idea. So. Should be. I mean, that would be tough. I will. I will be devastated. That'll hurt. That. Oh, it would suck so much because we thought the season was going to get taken away from us, and now it's here. We're so close. I could just see it. It feels like KU 2011 when the title was on the platter. We had mm-hmm. Butler. We had we had VCU Butler and UConn, and Kemba got it that year. Hopefully, Kemba doesn't get it this year. Can I just bring this up before we get off? Um. The whole the bubble thing. I know I took a little heat for that. But, like, can we at least admit that, like, the road, even though the Heat and Celtics are sneaky, the Nuggets are sneaky, like, LeBron's getting – he's definitely got an easier path than if Corona just wouldn't hit. I'm very, very sold on the fact that if Corona never happened, it's probably Lakers-Clippers, right, or back in June or whatever it would be. Lakers-Clippers, Bucks probably go nuts and make the finals because they get to play at home. They, they just felt like they were a team that lost their groove with all this. I get it, like, whatever, it's still a normal playoff. You know, they got to win four series to win it all, yada, yada, yada. But, like, can we at least admit that LeBron's gotten a little bit of a favorable draw here? Yes, but, like, what I always come back to is LeBron is going to get more home games than any other player got in NBA history on a, on track to a finals. Like, they would have played the Clippers. So, let's say you're right. They play the Clippers. He gets seven straight home games in a conference finals. That never happens. I get what you're saying, but I – I don't know. I just. I mean, yeah, you're right. Excuses. I don't. I'm grasping for straws. I get it, but it's just. I do think I the Bucks probably got hurt the most. Like, I just, I don't feel bad for the Clippers. They were up three-one. It was happening. Like, I truly think the Clippers, the way they melted down, like that, just that could have happened regardless. Now, they have no excuse. They had the series won. They just had to play decent one game, but. The Bucks, I agree. That just felt weird. And Giannis wasn't how I mean, Giannis wasn't healthy in the bubble or without the bubble. So it's like, I mean, I see what you're saying. I'd be saying the same thing if I were in your position. But I'm glad you just admitted that because I was I was really just waiting for that. But I know you're setting up to try and take this away from LeBron, but it's like Well, I honestly like championship. Honestly, it is what it is. Like, if he wins it, he wins it. Like I said, I'm not in the. I'm not really in the mood to talk like goat. I'll never be in the mood to talk goat because it's just a stupid argument that people. It, it just doesn't make sense to me. But I was going somewhere. Where was it going? Where was it going? Where was it going? Where was it going? going? No, I had a. I had a point. Where was it going? Oh no. Oh, no, no. Okay. No, I got it. Now. I got it. Now. But you. You have to. Like, people are going to absolutely say it has an asterisk to it. I don't think people- whether it's. Whether it's come on, dude, it's the same people are going to bring up that say three and six every time LeBron's brought up. Well, yeah, those, I mean, exact... those, those people are. I mean, if that's the group of people you're talking about, but I'm saying in like the grand scheme, like when you're watching a ESPN show in 20 years and they're listing off LeBron's rings, are they going to say, well, he's got four, but one of them came in the bubble? 
I don't think so. I'm, I think I, they're gonna, I'm sure it's going to be brought up by at I don't least think someone in on the, the grand panel. scheme of like. I don't think so at all. See, that's why I disagree with you 100%. Like, I think maybe right now we might say things and those fans will, but in over time, it's still just going to come down to who was the best. And, like, that's the thing. The Lakers are clearly the best team in the NBA. They have been all year. Uh, you can say the Bucks were because they were incredible, but, like, let's be honest. You, you get seven games, the Lakers, you'd rather be a Lakers fan than a Bucks fan. So the Lakers have clearly been the best team. So it's like it's not like the bubble – was some fluke thing that allowed the Lakers to win. They were the best team in the West all year. No duh, they made the finals. They were the best team. They're going to be the best team next year probably. Like, they're just good. Yeah. Nobody is going to say LeBron and Anthony Davis wouldn't have won if it wasn't in a bubble. Like, that's arguably some top ten guys when it's all said and done. I get it. It's fine. It's whatever. Just (laughs) – Just go heat, go nuggets, just anyone. Please, I'm begging. Yeah. Just for Twitter's sake. I mean, I think if you could take yourself out of it of, like, being a LeBron fan and me being a LeBron hater, like, Twitter will be all-time good if LeBron loses to the Heat in six. I don't – I won't be on it. I'll be off it. (laughs) Yeah, you'll you'll take a book or a page out of my book. Yeah. All right. I think that's all we got. Um, I'm glad we could get on the airwaves, talk a little bit about KU football. Hopefully next week we can – I mean, we just – I did not want to record last week after that game. I was depressed. I I brought it up a few times while I was in Topeka with you. We should have just recorded immediately after the game while we were hammered yeah. and while, like, James was going – like, we, we should. Oh, fuck, you got to leave on Saturday. I was going to say we could do that for Baylor, but no. Well – the other thing that was like, it just won't be as fun for a game that we're 17 point underdogs in. You know what I mean? Yeah. As far as like react, like we're not going to be devastated like if we lose by 40. Fair is fair. Yeah. Seems unlikely, but. All right. We'll brainstorm. Yep. All right, All right guys. Folks, as always, thanks for listening. We'll have B turn back. Hopefully he played good today. Shout out to him getting on the golf grind. As a golf yeah. guy myself, I'm proud of him for really out being out there grinding. Mm-hmm. All right, oh, yeah. that's it. We'll see you, folks. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.